I have a serious question for you. Why is the world of wellness so serious? It's all about discipline, willpower, all work and no play. And to be honest, the focus seems to be much more on how we look than how we feel. These impossible standards can feel like a full-time job, but it doesn't have to. Welcome to Part-Time Wellness, the podcast where we redefine wellness and create health habits that enhance our life, not overtake it. I'm Chelsea Eithoven, a wellness coach for women with ADHD, late diagnosed ADHD or myself, and your biggest cheerleader. I believe that you can have it all. You can experience a life of fulfillment, joy, and play, along with thriving health and wellness. You can have your cake and eat it too. Why else would you make a cake? ADHDers deserve to experience the feeling of thriving, not just surviving. So together we'll explore the world of wellness and life in general with ADHD. Don't forget to subscribe and let's dive in. We've got a lot to chat about. You guys, today we get to hear from a professional organizer. A professional organizer that specifically works with people with ADHD. You are going to freaking love this episode. Welcome back to Part-Time Wellness. I'm Chelsea Eithofen, your host. And today on the show, I am interviewing Joy from Joy Loving Home. She specializes in productivity and home organization for moms with ADHD. And you can find her on Instagram. And she also has a podcast that has so many great topics. And my favorite thing about Joy is that she practices judgment-free organization. We actually recorded this a little while ago, and I listened back to it and realized how Joy has really changed my mindset on organization. We kind of talk about how organization is personal training for your home, so it's not a one-and-done thing, right? And we talk about getting organized versus staying organized. And one of the biggest things I took away from this interview was to not feel guilty about the fact that sometimes I'll organize and a system will work for me for a little while and then I want to switch it up, right? And I just thought that was so interesting because that's exactly how I look at wellness habits and Joy teaches this for organization habits. Now, the episode I did on organization is actually one of the most popular of this podcast, so I think you guys are going to love this, and Joy's tips are so good, and I really love that she focuses on the mindset of organizing, because us ADHDers can feel a lot of shame around our environments, and I just feel like, Joy, you guys are going to love her. She just is so permission-giving and so understanding and It's just the professional organizer we all need. So we talk about organization, of course. We also dabble in talking about motherhood with ADHD. And I just feel like Joy has a lot of wisdom to share. So make sure you go now and follow Joy so you don't forget at the end of the episode because you guys are going to just adore her. All right, let's get into it. Hi, Joy. Welcome to Vibrancy with ADHD. I am so excited to have you here and pick your brain on all things organization, time management, and just, I'm so excited. I geek out on organization. How are you? I'm well. I'm so excited to get to be a part of your podcast. I have enjoyed listening to you and your angle of ADHD expertise because I think there's so much information out there. We all learn different things from each other and I'm happy to be here as part of uh, sharing my side of things. So that sounds great. Yes, 100%. That's one thing I think is really cool about the ADHD community is we do tend to like 
hyper-focus on things that we obsess about. And so we all have these specialties or things that we know so much about and we can share with each other and we can all benefit from it. So, so before we dive into talking about organization and things like that, I just like to do like a rapid fire round just to kind of get to know you on a little bit more of a personal level. So what is your latest hyper-focus? <laughs> um, <laughs> It's funny because I have four kids that are two in college, two in high school. So whenever I get asked to help out with something homework related for like, mom, I, I'm driving trouble. I'll end up hyper-focusing on stuff that I'm like, why did I not pay more attention to this in school? And I've got one right now in, in AP US history. And I'm telling you, I went down a rabbit hole on this whole, like, I'm in like the Lincoln presidency. And <laughs> I know I'm like learning all kinds of stuff I had no clue about. So it's just, it's always so random with me. It just depends on what's in the moment. But that was probably my most recent because that was last night's homework. I love that. That is so funny. As a past teacher, I can so relate to that. <laughs> That's so fun. Okay. What is your ADHD superpower? And I say this knowing that, like, I feel like we talk a lot about the struggles of ADHD and we're all really familiar with it. So I like to talk about the positives too. Absolutely. And it's funny because I've always had what I consider a superpower. And I don't know because I'm newer to the ADHD world, if it actually links into ADHD. I need to learn more about that. That's interesting. I have always had a skill of, first of all, I'm also a former teacher, super patient <laughs> and stopping and going, well, wait a minute, what is it from their perspective? Like I can always stop and say, what are they thinking about in this moment? Almost to the point where like I'll overthink it, but I'm like, I take myself out of it very quickly and I try to think of things from their perspective. And so when I work with clients and I have a lot of clients, as you know, there's a lot of hereditary ADHD where a parent may not have it. It might be the spouse, you know, the, to the one I'm working with and they are frustrated by an ADHD kid and they can't understand like the chaos that is their room. And I can say, well, think about it from this perspective. And so that's been a huge help for me just in life in general, just flipping perspectives. Oh, I love that so much. That's a skill that I definitely need to work on because <laughs> I can get very stuck in like my view and my viewpoint of things and not see how other people can see it. So that is a true gift. I love that so much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What is the most impactful book you've ever read? That's funny. I, and this is probably my teacher background and <laughs> having four kids, the immediate ones that popped in my head are kids' books. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. But I, impactful personally as a family has literally been the Harry Potter series. Um, <laughs> I, I have read aloud all seven books to all four of my kids before we were allowing any of them to see the movies. And it's just, it's been a bonding moment. Her use of like Latin and her use of foreshadowing. And I would geek over that because I was a fourth grade teacher for the longest amount of time. And that's how I would use like, my kids didn't know I was tutoring them, but I was basically tutoring them through like, well, what do you think is going to happen next? <laughs> so anyway, it's just been a big part of our lives. I don't know that it makes a huge difference. You know, I, a self-development book would probably be something smarter to tell you, but that's the immediate one that came into my head. I actually really, really love that perspective because it's like very special to you and your family and the specialness about it is about connection, right? Connection with your kids and that process with them. I love that. I feel like I have so much to learn from you. This is going to be so good. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite food? 
okay, this is going to sound so boring, but I love oatmeal. I always say if I was stuck on a desert island with one thing to eat the rest of my life, it would be oatmeal. I'd have to have lots of different fixings because I change it up all the time, but it's like the base is always oatmeal. That's what I was going to say. What's your favorite? Like, so what do you put in it to make it interesting? It varies. Like I am like cashew butter and I'm a peanut allergy. So cashew butter and bananas. I've like berries with like chia seeds and honey. I'm like, it changes every day because it's so versatile. You can shake it up. <laughs> you really can. You can put anything on it. It's just like yeah. a blank canvas. <laughs> yes. I love that. Do you switch things up a lot? Like, are you the type of person that likes to switch things around? Well, it's funny because I have things that are definitely like, I would eat oatmeal every day, but I'd kind of shift how I'm eating it. But then there's other things that I'm like, would get bored so fast with that I have to constantly change it. And so I think it ebbs and flows to parts of my life. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's and, a blanket answer. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I am too. And I'm always curious about other ADHDers if they're that way. Like there's things that are consistent, but I have to switch things up even in the things that are consistent. Otherwise I get bored. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. 100%. Okay, last question. Do you have any kind of morning ritual or routine? It's funny because I hate the word consistency as, <laughs> as an ADHDer. I always say, I'd rather be continuous than consistent, but I just need to know where to pick up when I left off in case I leave something for a while. And 2020 shook all of what I would consider a re- I used to, my husband got up and would leave the house to go to work. And so I would get up with him and I would have this extra time before the kids would get up because his commute is forever in Atlanta. But because that got taken away, that sort of time frame, like I started sleeping in more. <laughs> And I lost that routine. There are some things I'd like to pick back up. I used to do more of a a morning yoga activity and I always do a devotion. I still have my cup of coffee and devotion. That is a thing that I hold to, but the rest of it is just, you know, morning chaos. Yes. Yes. I love it. And no, and I'm the same. I love what you said that you value being continuous over consistent. Cause I think I almost now look at those words as the same, right? Like to me, consistency just means being continuous over time. But previously I looked at consistency as like, yes, it's like, this is my morning routine and I do it the same way every single day. Right. And for Mm -hmm. us ADHDers, that doesn't work very well. And definitely everybody with 2020 that was shook up. Right. (laughs) Well, and that whole tendency for us to get all or nothing. And so consistency used to be, well, I missed one day. It's done. I can't ever try to drink eight glasses of water again because I missed one day. (laughs) We're now like, just pick up where you left off. It's going to be okay. Gaps are okay. 100%. I had to learn that too, the hard way (laughs) over and over again, over years. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's like, if you have that strict morning routine and you don't stick to it, then you're like, oh, the rest of the day is, you know, screwed, <laughs> you know? So yes. awesome. Okay. I just like to do some of those like kind of rapid fire round, just like just some fun questions to dive into it. So Joy, you are a professional organizer and recently you've started working with ADHDers. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, it's funny because I got into organizing because I was actually hyper focusing on how to get myself organized. And because this is my dirty little secret, I am a very unorganized professional organizer. And the big secret that I discovered in the path to get myself organized, I ended up so hyper-focused. I was like hours away from getting a certification. So I'm like, well, why stop now? Let's just get it. And so I got the certification and I was like, 
why not try? I'm just going to try a client here or there and see where it goes. And what I discovered, and this is the best kept secret, it's not rocket science, but it's I'm fabulous with someone else's stuff. I can go into someone else's house. I see things that they're not seeing. I have no attachment to their belongings. And I am a great organizer for other people. <laughs> I am lousy still for myself, even with the certification, even with doing it with tons of clients. I can come back into my space and say, just treat yourself like a client. And I get the first thing in my hand and I get stuck. It's fascinating, but it's legit the truth. Organizers oh don't have any magical powers. They just are not attached to your stuff. I love that because it's such a down-to-earth perspective. And I think this is true across a lot of different fields. Like I'm a wellness coach. I still struggle with my wellness, right? The reason I wanted to get into wellness is because it's like, this is the stuff I was struggling with. And so I did the same thing. I hyper-focused on it and wanted to learn how to help myself. And a lot of times it's much harder to implement the things for ourselves and see what we need help with versus somebody on the outside. So that I so relate to that. And I love how you said it's not rocket science. I'm super excited to hear about that and like some of your tips and tricks for ADHD years. But before we dive into that and kind of talk about that, I do want to know a little bit about your diagnosis story. So if you were diagnosed as an adult, I believe it was recently, right? Well, and it's interesting because this is where I feel there's some people who would, might get upset with me at this point, but I'm going to tell you right now, I am still self-diagnosed because I am still so nervous to get the real diagnosis. I say nervous from a perspective is, you know how you can hyper-focus in this whole diagnosis path because I've been studying up on how to handle it. And I got in this rabbit hole of reading people's stories who were diagnosed as adults and this sadness that came over them of what could I have been had I found out a while ago and started down a better path for myself sooner. And I don't know why that tripped me up, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to know. And so my brain went to, there is no harm in trying all of the tactics. It's like, the stuff is out there. So I started implementing things and discovering, gosh, this really works and this works. And I had, as a teacher, I had lots of diagnosed students. So I was familiar with working with them from the teacher's perspective. And then I have a son who has it. Started working with him as a parent perspective, knowing all the time, this is me. Oh my gosh, this is me. This is me. This is me. And starting to implement those things for myself but I have not gone through the process of actually getting formally diagnosed. And I feel like that little imposter syndrome when anybody listens to at the beginning of my podcasts and things, I'm always saying, do not, you know, self-diagnose yourself, (laughs) even though I'm doing it anyway, Um, (laughs) seek the proper help. I am not a professional, but I can tell you tips and tricks. And if they work for you, great. It's not like I'm giving you medical care. I'm giving you things to try at your house. And if it works for you, great. So that's kind of the path I have taken with the desire to get enough courage to go all the way through with it. (laughs) I just, I'm not there yet. No, I love that. And if we think about it though, really we have to be able to on some level self-diagnose before we get in a, a diagnosis, right? Because otherwise, as a general population, we're so uneducated on what ADHD looks like for real in adults and women. And because of that, 
it probably would get missed, right? And it's also like, well, you know, thinking about what is the benefit of diagnosis, right? And I think for some people, there are some very specific benefits of diagnosis, right? That firm knowing and maybe medication or certain treatment in that way. But then for other people, that's not necessary, right? And it's like, I just need these tactics. And truth be told, for me, yes, medications helped a ton. Yes, having that knowledge has helped a ton. But what's helped the most is learning from other people with ADHD and people just like you and just like me kind of sharing, this is what's worked for me in this area. And I'm like, wow, I feel like other tactics didn't make sense until I found other people with ADHD. If that makes yeah. sense, right? No, it totally does. And it's interesting too, because I was listening to one therapist because I mean, you can read, you can find so much wealth of information online. And so I'm watching this one therapist talk about, you know, ADHD can be a spectrum. And just because you have some symptoms doesn't mean you have ADHD and, you know, to be careful with that. And so I try to be super respectful. I'm so respectful of the community. But I think what was an eye opener for me is him saying like, there are times if you look at the arc of your life where you might've been doing better and you're like, well, no, I don't think I did. And there are times when you got a really rough patch and you're like, why can't I progress in life the way I have in other points? And when I look at that arc of my life of when I was doing the best, it was very interesting. He said, there are some lifestyles, jobs, existences that are ADHD friendly just in the nature of their existence. And there are some that are really difficult. And when I look at the arc of my life, when I was feeling more successful, I guess, is not necessarily the road I'm reaching for, but you know what I mean? Where I felt like I had myself together Mm -hmm. and the ones where I felt like I was crashing and burning, I look now and it was the lifestyle I was living in that moment was conducive to already have safeguards around me that benefited me with my ADHD and then the times when they didn't. And I can totally see that arc and go, oh, it's just one of those things like when you listen, you're like, oh, that kind of sounds like me. Or you listen, you're like, this is me. Like I finally am understanding myself. And that's why I'm so convinced that I know I could get a diagnosis if I go down that path. It's me building up the readiness in my own life to do it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I totally believe if you think that I haven't yet met a person that's thought that and was incorrect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's That is super, super fascinating. I would love to know, like, what are those lifestyles that really worked well for you? Like, what were the structures? Because now I want to look back at my life and find those patterns because I agree, but I've never thought about it from that perspective. So what were those lifestyles that worked well for you? It's interesting because one of the things that are four sort of pillars that I stand on when I'm trying to create systems for people who are organizing, it's that ICUN, which is is the topic interesting? Is it challenging? Is it urgent or is it novel? Those are the four things that allow us to get stuff done. And so when you look at what's happening in your life and if those things are on the regular, so for me, it was, I had four kids in seven years. So when you've got four demanding littles that are, (laughs) every day was novel, everything was always urgent. It was highly challenging. And I was interested because I loved being a mom. And that was when I was clicking the most because everything was like, putting out fires every day. (laughs) And while some people are like, that sounds horrible. That was my thrive time. Like I was good at that pivoting when they needed different things at different times at different days. And I felt really successful as a young mom with young littles, but then they got super independent and they started going to school more often. And I found myself with time and my naivety. I believed time was all I was missing from getting my life together 
time was my biggest enemy <laughs> because A, nothing seemed that urgent because I could do it again tomorrow. B, nothing was that novel because we settled in this routine where they left on a bus and they came back on a bus, you know, <laughs> and nothing was particularly challenging because I wasn't all that interested in like cleaning out a closet, quite frankly. And so <laughs> I found myself starting to really sink into inactivity because it was the first time in my life I had no immediate accountability, no deadlines. And all of a sudden I literally could not get myself to accomplish anything. And it's so funny to me when I look back now and go, it was, you know, it just fed my brain in different ways. Oh my gosh. This is like so many things are clicking for me right now. First of all, I've definitely talked a lot on the podcast about how it's not a secret. I'm a little bit afraid to have children. I want to have children, but I'm afraid because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I can't juggle all of this going on now, how am I going to add kids into the mix? But I really love hearing that perspective because that totally makes sense for me as well. And when I was a kindergarten teacher, all of those things were definitely present, you know, um, urgency, challenge, novelty, right? And it was all of those things were present. And that is something I thrived in. And I always said, you know, I worked well with kindergartners because it was like, they were ready to move on to something. I was like, yeah, me too. I'm bored as well. Let's go. (laughs) So I really love that. And that's super encouraging because I feel like there's no way that I'm alone in that feeling like motherhood is a little bit scary when you feel like your life is, you know, maybe on the verge of crumbling as it is, (laughs) you know, it's funny. I do think it was a gift that I really had any suspicions about myself prior to having kids because I could see it. It's one of those, you're know enough to like be dangerous to yourself. Like I think I would have known enough to be nervous and I didn't know enough to be nervous when I was a young mom. So we just rolled with life. And I have, (laughs) here's the thing. If you're going to have kids, have enough kids that you can use them as the excuse. (laughs) I would be like, I'm a mom of four and people are like, oh, 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 I get it. She built an excuses to be like, no wonder she misses deadlines. No wonder she, (laughs) because- They just gave you the built-in excuse for kids. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And looking back at my life too, I could totally see that as well. The time that I realized that I started looking at ADHD was when I became an entrepreneur. I always wanted, I went from teaching to entrepreneurship and I always wanted this relaxed lifestyle where I could do stuff at my own pace. And then when I had it, I was like, I can't get anything done. What's wrong with me? Like I'm, I am interested in this stuff, but it was the lack of urgency. I had to learn how to create that urgency and novelty for myself. Right. Well, and I think the other big piece, and it's not listed always, but I really think accountability has been my newest thing to discover is the missing piece. Like it is accountability has made all the difference in me trying to get things done now as an entrepreneur And when things slip, it's because I don't have anybody to answer for. That's when I get in trouble. Totally. And I I almost feel like that goes hand in hand with the urgency though. Because it's like, you know, there's a deadline if somebody's expecting it from you, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's where like I can be there for my clients. But when it's back in business stuff, I let myself down all the time. And it's that nobody expecting anything from you other than yourself. And I don't hold myself accountable by myself. Like I need that extra outside person to be like, I got a bookkeeper on the back end so that she's like, you haven't turned in your, your invoices to me for me to bill yet. And I'm like, ha, I got to go do that because now I have somebody asking for them. Yes. So did you kind of get into the realm of ADHD before or after you became a professional organizer? 
Well, it has been interwoven in my life at various stages. So like as a teacher, as a mom, and then when I started working with clients, it's so funny to me because there are two very distinct types of people who ask for professional organizers. One are the highly, highly organized people who have a space that they don't have the time for or the interest in, they just want it done and they'll keep it up and they're built in pre-organized people. And you're literally accountability in your manpower. Like they know exactly what they want. You're just executing. Or there's the people that feel incredibly overwhelmed and lost in their space and don't know where to start. And I found myself enjoying that client most. (laughs) And then I started putting all of these pieces together. Like what is the common piece here? And all of them, all of them had ADHD kids. And you know how much that's hereditary and their frustration over their kid And I, in the background, am seeing the dots of like, you do know where this kid gets this from. And then going, you know, that whole perspective superpower of mine going, okay, well, what if we consider doing this for them? I've got some experience with ADHD kids. And then once I started making the kids space make sense and the the parents idea of how to work in that space for that kid, and then helping them translate it to their own space, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, now I want to know all about organizing for ADHD people. And there's whole separate certifications for that. And there's, and so like now I'm in that realm. I don't have it completed. I'm in the schoolwork of it now, but I'm I'm learning as I go because the clients sometimes don't see it in themselves and I would never go, oh, you're ADHD or anything like that. But I can go, well, there's these tools that I can help you use or these tricks that I, and just seeing that it's being solved sometimes. I mean, it's never a, a one and done fix. But it's just, that's sort of where it led me deeper and deeper into this ADHD path. So it's ebbed and flowed in my life in different ways and spaces. Oh my gosh, that is so interesting. And I have this theory that ADHDers are kind of drawn to one another, whether we know we have ADHD (laughs) or not, because looking back, a lot of my past clients also had ADHD and several of them got diagnosed after hearing me start to talk about it. And it's just like... Oh my gosh. I think there is just something to be said for the way we think and we connect with each other on a different level, right? Than other people. And I think it's interesting too, because I do think there's two types of organizers as well. And ones are the ones that were literally drawn to organizing because their whole life, their brain, their everything goes to this sense of needing order and organization, very type A. But when one of those organizers lands in a space of somebody who's totally chaotic. They want to fix it. And then that client gets frustrated because it's like, well, it might look like a page on Pinterest or an Instagram when you're done, but I can't maintain it. And then they're frustrated. So I've been called behind other organizers or they feel judged. I have no judgment. I know how crazy my house is. (laughs) And so I go in and I have like, I think they immediately feel like, okay, I think I'm in a safe place because I don't care if your socks are on top of your bananas. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's like a bit where you set something down, like, and just walked away from it. It happens. It's all good. Oh, I love that. And like, yeah, for people who do feel like a professional organizer, I think of like, did you ever watch the show What Not to Wear? This is a very yes. random comparison. Yes. <laughs> but like how they come in and they look at your wardrobe and they're like, oh my gosh, like what is this? No, we're going to fix you up. I think like I think of a professional organizer coming in and look at all my stuff. So it's very comforting to hear from somebody like you that's like, no, 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 I get this. And I understand this because I'm the same as you. I don't want to bash the organizers that are super organizers because oh, no. they're They're wonderful too. And they really try very hard not to be judgmental. I just don't think they fully understand. It's one of those things like if you're trying to get 
like weight loss tips from somebody who's never struggled with their weight. It's like, I get that intellectually you get what you're trying to give me an advice, but you haven't been there, you know? So it's, I just feel like when somebody's been on the inside, they get more of a perspective of what you're going through. And so, you know, as a wellness person, you probably have had that experience. Like, you know, I would rather learn from somebody who has struggled than somebody who is like, well, no, it's always easy. (laughs) Right, right. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's like different strokes for different folks, right? Those people are right for some people and you're right for other people. And yes, I completely agree. Like, that's where the just do it mentality comes in. A lot of the time is when people are like, well, just do this. And you're like, but it doesn't work that way for me. I can't just do it. So I need more direction, right? Let's get into some of the organization tips. So there are two things I kind of am curious about because you mentioned this, we can get organized, right? And this is my fault, I guess. So when it comes to organization, I love organizing and getting organized. Staying organized is the hard part. So let's talk about like some tips for getting organized for ADHD years and then maybe like also maintaining. Okay. <laughs> There's a whole lot in that. So like, right. I'm, unpack it in my I'm brain. like, do you have like five hours to talk about this? <laughs> the first thing I want people to think of organization, it's not a one and done existence. It's not like, and I do a lot of analogies to personal training because it's not like you go to the gym once and you're like, I did all of the exercises for my total body workout. Now I'm buff and let's, I'm done. I did it. (laughs) And I I want people to think of organization as like personal training for your home. So it is not necessarily a one and done existence. So it is a process that is in it, particularly with ADHD years, you could set up the most perfect system that works for them and their brain in that moment. And the minute it's boring, they're going to not continue to maintain it. Like it's just, it's not novel anymore. It's not this new thing. And so there isn't a, I got organized period. <laughs> just And I'm just done. So you try a system for a while, it can work in a season of life. And then when you notice it not working again, then something either in the way you're using your life has shifted or the boredom you now have with that system just it doesn't interest you anymore. So there's two things I like to do when I'm working with an ADHD person, I say, okay, what does work? And sometimes the gut reaction is, well, nothing. Like my whole house is chaotic. And so then one of your questions you asked me early on is like, is there anything you do every morning consistently without fail? Let's walk there and see what that looks like because they may love their coffee and you all of a sudden get over to their coffee station and it's like, well, I always grab this and then I put this in it and I always have, and you realize they have created for themselves. It might not be a Instagram worthy picture, but now I know how your brain thinks when you have the motivation that this will never change because I love this. So let's build on how your brain works well for that. Now show me a hotspot that you can't get together. Let's take the tools from that and walk over there and let's see what we can do to make it make sense for you. So it's very subjective and it's very driven to your personality, your lifestyle and your items right in that space. So there's not a one size fits all. And I know that sucks because your, your, your clients are like, no, I wanted an answer. There's not an answer. There's ways to look through things in your life that might be helpful. Okay. You just blew my mind <laughs> and also gave me a lot of permission because that is something I totally do. I get bored 
with a system. Like my husband, for example, I told him I was excited for the podcast this morning and he's like, I just know I'm going to come home and you're going to be reorganizing our whole house because you're going to be so excited and get a new idea because that's what I do. I switch mm-hmm. it up. And when it's fun and exciting, I maintain it. And when it's no longer fun and exciting, I don't. Or if I notice it's like, all right, this just isn't working for the way that my brain works. So that makes so much sense. And you know what? I look at habits and the way I teach habits is very similar to the way you teach organization, which is really cool because I think the same exact way, like you're going to love something for a while, but give yourself permission when you're not loving it anymore to discover something else, you know, and to really dive into that head first and enjoy that and move on when you want to move on. And maybe you'll circle back to it, like exercise for an example, you want to walk and then you're loving your walks for a while and that's your thing. And then you get into Pilates and it just rotates, right? So I love looking at organization that same way. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I do think like my husband is very organized. I don't know if yours is. My husband's a very type A. I think sometimes (laughs) opposites attract. And so a lot of some of my own motivation about getting things to work in certain places is, is this motivation to go, well, maybe I'm not doing it for me, but I could try and work this out because I know that's going to make your life a little better. And so there's different times in different places that you want to get organized for different reasons. And so I dive into that with people too. Like, well, why did you want this organized? Like, why is this bothering you? And if it's literally like, well, cause I'm embarrassed when somebody comes over. Okay. Well then let's talk if we need to make sure it functions. And then is there even anything we can do that's literally an aesthetic thing that it literally has nothing to do with organizing, but from an aesthetics perspective, you're going to feel better. You're going to relax into that space and it's not going to drive you crazy anymore because you've now given yourself permission to just use it as it functions, but now I'm not embarrassed by it. And it can be something as simple as like, so a lot of ADHDers, I always preach point of use. So I don't care if your socks are supposed to be in your dresser in your bedroom. If you leave them like at the doorway all the time, let's put a box at the doorway that has socks in it. It can be a pretty box, but then you're not running back up to your bedroom and frustrated and not putting stuff away because it's not where you use it. So like the coffee station You also a lot of times need, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Oh, but I want it to look pretty. And so I want it behind this cabinet door, but then I pull it out and I never put it back behind the cabinet door. And now it's not pretty again. Get a really beautiful tray, (laughs) set it next to your coffee, put all of those things that you use on that tray. It's so crazy how just containing it into that tray suddenly makes it look like some gourmet coffee stand at Starbucks and you don't have to worry that it looks like seven unrelated items chaotically on a counter. It now looks like the coffee station with a pretty tray under it. Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm getting so excited because it's like, (laughs) it's always for us, I think, marrying this idea or trying to bring together the concepts of like, yes, making it aesthetic and pretty, but also remembering that if we put everything away, we're not going to remember a lot of it. So it's like finding ways that work with both of those things, right? And knowing what you're not going to forget. And you're like, I'm definitely not going to forget to make my coffee in the morning, right? Like, I know that's something I wouldn't forget. So that can be a way, but I might forget my vitamins. So what I've started doing is trying to be really conscious about what I'm purchasing. And I'm like making sure that things that I'm purchasing fit my aesthetic and what I think is pretty. So then if it is setting out or whatever, it looks pretty. But I also, I love, love that point of view idea, that kind of 
you know, looking at what's not working for you. And instead of trying to say, all right, well, you just need to get better at putting your socks back where they go saying, well, you keep dropping your socks here. What if we had a solution right there for your socks? Right. It's like, it's these simple (laughs) things that we don't think of. And then when we hear it, we're like, that makes so much sense. Right. Right. (laughs) And it's, again, it's, I'm learning things always with every different client. I mean, you can study the books, but when you're in person with a person, you really get a feel for, well, this would work great. And then I use that for a future client, you know? So it's just trying to figure all those parts and pieces. I asked you like two separate, okay, getting organized and staying organized, but it sounds like what you do when you come in is you try to find solutions when you're getting organized to stay organized is what it sounds like to me, right? You're like, okay, yes. well, yes, this is how you yes. get organized, but we're going to create a system so that you can stay organized, right? Right. And knowing that it is a journey that has ebbs and flows, like my you know, personal training example, there is a maintenance perspective and the maintenance perspective is what drives people crazy. So there's tips to gamify your maintenance so it becomes more fun or it's something that, you know, literally as silly as this sounds, one of the best things you can do for yourself is make a regular like game night with friends once a month, because once a month you'll get your main area back in track and your powder room because people are coming over and the urgency of that and the knowledge that I now have the accountability that this is happening. That's okay. If that's the only way you can get yourself to maintain your space, then set yourself a regular date night with friends and just invite people over. That is literally the biggest hack for giving yourself in gear to get your main spaces in order again. Genius. That's that's so true. I'm never more motivated to clean my home than when people are coming over. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so smart. And I'm such a big fan of gamifying too. So something I see with organization is I feel like there's a confusion between like what is making something aesthetic versus organizing. Because I look at those as two different things, but people will say, I'll see on TikTok or something. And again, like we said, there's no shame to these people. It's just different ways of thinking, right? But they'll say that they're organizing and what they're doing is taking their Oreos from one package and putting them in a prettier package. And I'm like, to me, that's not really organizing. That's just like making it prettier, which I love to do. But I look at them as two different things. And to me, that's like a common misconception or I wouldn't say mistake, but misconception with organization. Would you say there's any like common mistakes or maybe misconceptions that you see a lot of the time when people think about organization? Well, it's funny, and I am guilty of this too. So I, <laughs> when I raise my hand as I have done this, especially when I started in organizing when I got my first Instagram account. And, you know, you're trying to attract clients, you're trying to show what you can do, and you need pretty pictures because people scroll past the pictures of chaos, right? right. So most of what you see under hashtag organized pantry or hashtag, you know, is staging. It literally is staging. Mm. You get it all set up. It looks beautiful. You take your before and after pictures, your client is thrilled. And then you've got this pile behind you on the floor that is all of their overflow product and you got to get it back. But you took the picture before you put that in there, you know, and it's this evolution of going, okay, what do you want? And if you want pretty, that's okay. There's no harm in pretty. (laughs) People love pretty, but what is your actual frustration and are we fixing function? And it literally is one of those times when function has to come before form 
form has to be the afterthought where you always hear like, oh, format of organizing honestly needs to start with decluttering because I have had clients that'll call me in for a consultation and I'm walking through their house going, you are insanely organized. You have too much stuff for your space and Mm -hmm. I can't create space out of nowhere to or they'll have stuff super organized. There is a point in which you have maxed out the size of your space. So you either need to declutter or you need to decide to get a bigger space, but we will always fill our space up. So space is not the answer. Honestly, just being able to be brutal with yourself about what do I need in here? And will I feel better with less stuff? The answer Mm. 99.99% of the time is yes, you need less stuff to manage. Mm, That's so true. I love that. Yeah. When it comes to decluttering, I actually spent the whole month of November just focusing on decluttering kind of physically and energetically, right? Like, you know, really mentally organizing myself, but a big part of that was decluttering. We're getting ready to move. So it was the first time I've ever really brutally been honest with myself about getting rid of stuff. And It just takes one mentality switch. Like I was so married to so much of this stuff. And then I just realized like, you know, it's actually overwhelming me. The more choices I have, actually the less I use. Cause I'm like, oh, there's too much stuff and I don't even know what I have. And now that I've decluttered a lot, I'm pulling out clothes that I I forgot about because I just had too much. And I love that, that decluttering is kind of the first step ask you so many questions. Oh my gosh. So I will try to start (laughs) wrapping it up. So I feel something that happens too with us 80 years is that we get overwhelmed, right? And I'm sure when somebody's working with you, it's probably a really great thing to work one-on-one with somebody because you can walk them through that overwhelm and step-by-step. But people who are listening and might not be in the place yet to hire a professional organizer, what would be a good first step? So A great first step would be just to take a deep breath, (laughs) walk over to the spot that is giving you the most anxiety, if there's a specific place in your house, and just say, I'm going to reach my hand in and grab one item and just only focus on one item instead of the whole big picture. And if that item, there's usually a few different things that this item, either you know immediately you can get rid of it, go ahead and get rid of it. Don't overthink how I'm going to get rid of it. I know there's very responsible ways to get rid of things, but if you add too much tripping up to yourself, don't do that. Just know you're going to release it back out into the world and the right person will find it who can use it and need it. However, you're releasing that back out into the world. Um, If you do want to keep it, but you're like, I don't think it belongs here in this chaos mess of space is ask yourself, where should it go? And even if that space is not organized yet, at least if you start getting the things to the locations where they should live eventually, and you do this little by little, you will notice you're making progress. And then if you are just not sure, I don't know if I want to keep it, I don't want to get it away, and you, you're just stuck. A lot of people are like, all clutter is, is delayed decisions. And you know they're like, make a decision now. And I'm like, that's just too much pressure for our brains. So have a spot that I call the marinating area and just put it in a box, 
have it in garage or storage or wherever. And just, if you never, ever need to open that box again, you know, right on it, marinating box, open it <laughs> one last time and go, okay, this actually has to go because I've not missed it for three, six months until I ran back across the marinated box. So just little by little, don't try and do the whole thing at once unless you have help or support because it can get overwhelming really fast. That is such a good tip. And I, I really love that because that is true. I will get caught up. I'm like, well, should I bring this to Goodwill or Plato's closet? And then I'm like worrying about this one item and then the rest of the closet is like, wait, we were doing a lot more. So that's, I really like that. And also having a place for the things you're unsure of. I actually did this recently kind of with clothes. I put a bunch of clothes into a box and there were clothes that were like smaller, maybe a little bit too tight for me now, but I was like, I don't want to get rid of them. You know, we like, what if I fit into them again? I don't want to get rid of that outfit, but I put it in a box and I revisited it like six months later. And because I didn't miss it for so long, I was able to release most of it. And there was a few things that I was like, Oh yeah, I do want to keep this or this one does fit okay again or whatever, you know? So I really love yeah. that. So this is a little off topic, but also not. Like I said, I've gotten more harsh with letting things go. And I could take a note from your book and being more understanding because my husband is not to that place yet. And so I told him with his stuff, with organizing, I'm like, okay, before you go in this closet, tell me everything you're going to miss. And he's like, uh, I don't know. Like, and I'm like, okay, then we can just get rid of it all. Like, you're not going to miss anything. And like, maybe I need to take a page from your book and be like, I need to look at it from his perspective, but like finding a place in the middle with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always caution people don't ever organize anybody but yourself. That yeah. just ends in conflict. <laughs> it does. And I need you to have to I, let them do their own thing. Yeah. I'm trying so hard. It's so hard with my husband, but I'm trying. <laughs> okay. This is so insanely helpful. And I had other questions I wanted to ask you, but maybe I'll just have to have you back on because your podcast is fantastic organization. You talk also about time management and things like that. And so this was just so wonderful. Thank you so much for all this valuable information. Before we talk about like how people can work with you or anything like that, is there any like last things or last, last words to leave on? No, I've enjoyed this so much. And I, I'm like trying to like, how would I wrap it up in a little bow? But I just, being kind to yourself, not holding yourself to some standard that was created by type A people for type A people that are like born organized. One of my favorite quotes is the Einstein quote where everybody's a genius. If you judged a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it would go throughout its whole life feeling that it's stupid. We are fish living in a world of monkeys trying to teach us how to climb trees. Like stay away from that. Be yourself, be your fish, be in the water, move around at your own pace and do what's best for yourself and your health without the judgment. And you can find a very happy space where you're not embarrassed by your place, but it can function for you. So don't despair and just, you know, you know you're a genius fish. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you are a genius fish. Just like wrapping that. You're like, I don't know how I could wrap it up, but here, let me wrap it up in this perfect little package because like, that's everything. I love that so much. Thank you so much for being here, Joy. Can you tell us um, where people can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, work with you? Tell us all the things and we'll put them all in the show notes too. I am 
at Joy Loving Home Everywhere. <laughs> and just as like a little side note, I am actually Joy Loving. That is the name on my birth certificate. Um, and so I had to turn it into my business name. So <laughs> yeah, so Joy Loving Home on Instagram, Joy Loving Home Podcast. Reach me, Joy at Joy Loving Home, if you just want to send me an email and ask a question. So I appreciate having been on here. This was so fun. So enjoy your podcast. And I hope your listeners got some value today. It was a great time. Thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Real quick, do you do um, only people in your local area or do you do professional organizing for people virtually? That's so funny that you asked that because that is my 2022 goal is to get the virtual plan in place. So I'm in the background working on it because I'm starting to have questions from listeners who are not in my immediate Atlanta area. So yes, stay tuned. I'm hoping 2022, I'll be ready to offer some virtual options. So it's a new thing for me. We're always trying new challenges. It's the, it's my latest. (laughs) Perfect. So if you're in the Atlanta area, you can reach out now. And if not, you can follow her podcast and Instagram and stay tuned for that news. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joy. This has been amazing. I appreciate you. Thank you.